As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. You get invested in a TV show, it could be a soap opera, drama, even a comedy. But when one of the characters dies, it can be devastating. Sometimes it can be applauded and cheered. Most of the times it's shocking and out of the blue. Here's Loz with 10 TV death facts. So in at number 10, one of the first characters to appear on Sesame Street was Mr. Hooper, who owned the store. He was played by Will Lee from 1969 until 1982. When Lee died of a heart attack, back then, most shows, particularly kids' shows, would have either never mentioned it or would have explained that Mr. Hooper was out of town. But Sesame Street took the incredibly bold decision to use this as a way of teaching its young audience about death. Over 90 people die every year because a TV has fallen on them. (laughs) In Corrie, there have been eight characters who have died by being bludgeoned to death. Since the year 2000, 96 characters have died on screen in Hollyoaks. The most common causes of death in Emmerdale is vehicle accidents. The actress with the most on-screen kills is Charlize Theron, who has died on our screens 25 times. The actor with the most on-screen kills of all time is Samuel L. Jackson, who has died on our screen 1,734 times. How? That's what I was thinking. I don't know. He must die like multiple times in a film. Anyway, uh, number three. The, the TV series with the third most deaths is Sopranos. The TV series with the second most deaths is The Walking Dead. And finally, with a staggering 5,863 deaths across all eight seasons, topping the charts for the TV series with the most on-screen deaths is 
the Game of Thrones. Look at my dirty girl. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got right. So just give me that Samuel L. Jackson fact again. How many deaths? So I mean, this is like some sort of Reddit thread or something. But oh, right. somebody reckons that he's died on our screens one thousand seven hundred thirty-four times. That, that, that Do you reckon doesn't... they added in an, an additional number? Because, I reckon like, so. He's probably because not done that many films, right? I can't so believe he would have done that many films. There's no one in. Uh, uh, well, anyway, but I mean, look. Your Maybe that includes repeats or something. I don't know. The internet, I mean, the internet doesn't lie, does it? So, I mean, obviously it's got to be true. Well. Anyway, we're here to do TV deaths. And there's only one person that we thought that we could have that could, uh, that could, that could do TV deaths. And it's Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Uh, hello. Thank you for having me back. Just a little, my, my microphone died there, which is very thin. Um, yeah, hello. there you go. <laughs> Thank you for yet another morbid show with my name on it. I'm very, very honoured to be here. Well, you did you did so well with TV villains and movie villains. We thought we had to have you back for TV deaths. That's um, a good one. Good yeah, I was, I was compiling my, my top ten and mm. um, I didn't realise quite how many funny um, mm. deaths, as, or maybe not funny deaths, but funny shows that had death yes. in. Yes, yeah. yeah. So um, I agree. It's going to be interesting whether we've got any... Uh, duplicates on this mm-hmm. but uh, so what have you been up to then Lucy I've just got back from Paris actually <laughs> so oh, went away with work to do um, some interviews for some, with some Parisian TV shows um, it was my first time doing interviews for the press so I was pretty scared but I think I nailed it um, wonderful so I'm That's pretty impressed exciting. with myself <laughs> And anybody, anybody interested? Oh, yeah, go on. Who do you work for? Who do you work for, Lucy? Oh, who do I work for? I'm being interrogated. (laughs) (laughs) I work for What to Watch, um, the entertainment website, um, and we cover TV and film, that kind of thing. So, Ah, yeah, very cool. There was a company called Unifront, a shout out with them because they were brilliant. Um, They invited me personally, which I was flattered by. (laughs) Um, And I went, I got to go. Um, In terms of people you might know, um, have you seen The Death of Stalin? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We in- interviewed uh, Armando Iannucci for our the old The guy podcast. who um, wrote the original comic, um, Fabian Neury, he was there. So I spoke to him about his um, programme, Paris Police, 19- 1905. Um, and they had a series on BBC Four called Paris Police 1900, which was the first season. So we're getting the second one in, a, in it should be a few months' time, but obviously there's a bit of a delay. Um, but he, what a guy. I wanted to go for a pint with him. He was lovely. Such a nice man. <laughs> so friendly. And you can you can tell obviously you know the biting satire of Death of Stalin that comes through in him. He's, he's a very nice man to talk to. Yeah, he's right, right, right. So we'll put the. Uh, so I take it's a it's a website that you work for. Yeah, yeah? we'll put the yeah, link you... on the in the show notes so that people can check it yeah, out. When will when will your work and everything get up online? Um. So I've done the first piece today, um, which is the Paris Police one. Um, and then I have to do the rest tomorrow. That's tomorrow's job. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I will keep you in the loop about that. Nice. But Wonderful. it was wild. I think obviously when it's your first time doing anything, it's a quite an intimidating experience. But yeah, I definitely. They don't care. So <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. So, ladies, how hard was the TV deaths top ten? Uh, Lucy, how did you find compiling this one? Yeah, funny you you did actually touch on on comedy without kind of spoiling it too much. There's a few comedic elements to mind. There's a few shows where it sort of blindsides you a little bit and some deaths that are actually quite funny in themselves. Um, It was tough. 
I think my number one spot was certainly a challenge. <laughs> um, but I think I'll be able to explain why when we get to it. But I had a really fun time doing it. It was really fun revisiting all of them yes. and watching them again. <laughs> Absolutely. Lars, what about you? Yeah, very similar to Lucy. Actually, half of mine come from comedy series. And I think it's because of the contrast that they stick out in my mind because you're having a fun time, you're laughing away and then suddenly something happens and it is incredibly poignant. So it stands yeah. out. So yeah, I totally agree with you. There's five of mine that are actually from traditional comic series. Mm. Um, and then the other ones, you, both of you, it sounds like you're both like really into your TV and film. You'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> these are the ones I've picked. You'll be like, oh, you're such a like base what TV watcher. So my apologies now, but um there's nothing highbrow about mine (laughs) i've just i've just counted mine i've got five from comedy shows on mine as well so how weird is that some similar ones i I think Mm. we i think we're gonna i think we're gonna um right let's crack on uh lucy give us your number 10 then please okay number 10 i'm going for a a very interesting one but hear me out it is a squid game the red light green light sequence um because it's not one death it's multiple in yes. very quick succession. <laughs> yeah. And it is the the reveal of obviously, you know, these people have come together to play children's games and they just assume they're simply going to play children's games and then it all kicks off. And I just think it's a fantastic sequence. It's a great way to start the series. Before oh, we get goodness. any more into this, so ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls listening, spoilers. All right. Or just oh, yeah. <laughs> there's oh, gonna yeah, be spoilers. There may be shows we're talking about that are ten years old, twenty years old, longer, mm. or or ones from a couple of years ago or last year. So there mm. will be spoilers, just to let you know now. Yeah. So if you haven't watched Squid Game, we've spoiled the red light, green light game, but there you go. I mean that's become <laughs> quite famous. I can't believe this is like Lars, this is a big Lebowski all over again. I cannot believe I didn't put any Squid Game in my Top yeah. 10. But there you do you go. know what? I kind of I, I've approached it a bit differently in that I've gone for a particular character that's died. Mm. But that is so point like I remember watching that scene and just being like my ma- my jaw was on the floor going, mm. Oh my goodness, is this really happening? And like that sense of panic that comes over you when you realise what they're doing. Yeah. Um, what yeah. a brilliant scene. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And they were really they were numerous in that show. Yeah, but, I mean every games. single every single game, right? Yeah, Somebody yeah. dies. I think especially like I chose this one because it, obviously it's the first instance of it happening, and yes. it's the, it's the first person that gets shot, and then people go, oh god, oh no, and, yeah. and then it's the mass panic as well, which is very yeah. interesting. I think it's it's sort of the calm before the storm almost. Yeah. You know, they're playing the game, and then the the, the little robot woman turns around and then it all just goes to hell yeah. i think it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite i, I rewatch it every now and then just to pile up this one i think it's brilliant yeah it's all of a sudden then, all the bodies are just piling up aren't they the, mm-hmm. yeah it's, and yeah. that really creepy saying that like everyone refers to is like red light green light <laughs> like the way she says it is that that's that is what she says isn't it yeah that, yeah, yeah it's even mm. scarier in korean as well for some reason oh right <laughs> wow. like if you, if you have the korean um audio on when she says it yeah. you're just like oh that's really creepy yeah. yeah i think when we watched it we watched the first episode with the the the, the english dubbing on it yeah and then we heard that like it wasn't particularly what was it they said there was something wrong yeah it wasn't accurate so it was better to watch it um in korean and then watch the subtitles which is how we watch the rest of the show but yeah what a great show that's coming back next next year is it or this year i think well we're hoping this year but we haven't had any further confirmation on it so fingers crossed yeah 
Okay, good start. Go on then, Loz, you're number 10. Oh, you see, <laughs> you always make me go after the guests who have like, you know, you like a really phenomenal cult TV Oh, I've got program. some wild ones, don't worry. Um, mine is Wilson the dog dying on Friday night dinner. <laughs> oh, that was so sad. Oh, that was so Exactly. Sad. I get it. Exactly. It was so, I don't know if you've watched Friday night dinner, Pav, but. I haven't, um, no. It's a very funny, very easily, easy to watch um, comedy. It's about 20 minutes an episode. It's got um, the chap who plays Simon in it from um, The Inbetweeners. And he's, he, um, they have this neighbour who comes around with his dog dog called Wilson. And he's really odd, this neighbour. And this poor dog just sits there every time. And he becomes, you know, a big large part of the sitcom and then in one of the episodes he's he just dies and there's this really poignant moment where they like they bury him in like a flower bed outside the house <laughs> and um Jim the the owner just kind of breaks down crying and it's just because nothing really sad happens in the whole thing and it's really one of the only things that's that that happens in the whole thing that's sad and the mum in it kind of has this little tear in the corner of her eye and I just was bawling my eyes out and it just stuck with me oh right okay yeah I don't know why I've never really watched it I I I don't know but it seems to get there's a lot of um a lot of fans of that show isn't it a lot of love for it yeah yeah yeah. that's really good Good one. Okay. And if it's an animal dying, everyone's going to cry, aren't they? they oh, just absolutely. Do, they just yeah. Animal deaths are horrible. Yeah, indeed. Uh, mine one is a total comedy one. It's from the IT crowd. I don't know if you guys have seen the IT crowd. So it's the mm-hmm. first ser- first episode of series two. And uh, Christopher Morris, who plays Mr. Renham, who's the owner of the company, uh, gets a call from the police to look at the pension fund. And... Uh, calls his uh, secretary and says, um, could you get the police a cup of tea? And then the secretary says, yes, no problem. And he just stands up, walks out to the top of the, uh, just uh, opens the window and the skyscraper and just jumps out. And that's just it. That's all you see of him. He's fantastic. I love Chris Morris. I think he's just a, a great comedian, great director um, on the hour and uh, the day to day and stuff like that. And he was great in the first series. He was just, and the IT crowd, I don't know if, you, I mean, Lucy, you've seen it. Loz, have you watched the IT crowd? I've watched episodes, but I, I never really got massively into it, I have to admit. It was really good, but I yeah. just, for some reason, I didn't, you know, watch it uh, consistently. Yeah. And the fact that he then got replaced by Matt Berry, who played his son, was just like, it's a masterstroke, absolute masterstroke. I mean, if you can replace someone like Chris Morris with someone like Matt Berry, you're on a winner but it's just the way the way that he jumps out of the window he's like got his arms right stuck to his, the, yeah. the sides of his <laughs> sides of his body and just jumps just like pole, oh, it's just crazy it, it's become quite a memeable moment as well I'm sure there's like gifs of it online where people use it for like various things and it is yeah. funny isn't it because obviously suicide isn't funny but it does make it, it is funny in, in this context if that makes sense yeah it's yeah. kind of like he, he knows he's buggered so he's like right I'm off <laughs> yeah and there's even a callback a little bit later on in the episode when Moss I think is giving some people some computer advice and you mm. just see behind him at the window you see a body just fall behind oh, him brilliantly it's, written yeah and I will like, all the all these deaths will be on the video playlist for our Patreon supporters so if you want a good <laughs> night just, uh, just watch all these deaths on video <laughs> Okay then, so Lucy, your number nine, please. Number nine is Stranger Things. I've gone for Bob. 
because Barb doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. I mean, it's all about Eddie these days. Um, and yeah. that, Eddie's was a great death sequence. But I just think Barb's was so terrifying because they w- were not fully aware of what the Demogorgon was at that time, really. Mm-hmm. It was quite early on in the series. So poor Barb kind of fell victim to this horrible demonic D&D creature. Um, and... Yeah, like I just I can't imagine that the, the sheer fear she would have felt like from a horror perspective. It's such a good death, I think. And he's such a nice guy as well. It just shows you, like you know, nice guys always end up getting shafted in the end, don't they? Yeah, mm. I know. Justice yeah. for Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think he does get forgotten. I think he's one of those forgotten c- characters of Stranger Things because, like you say, Eddie sort of took yeah. over a little bit, didn't he? But um, are you a Stranger mm-hmm. Things fan, Loz? Yeah, I am actually, although uh, it freaks me out a little bit. So I <laughs> I can't watch it on my own. Right, okay. <laughs> I have okay. to watch it with, with Josh. Otherwise, I, I, I once fell asleep with it on and when I was on my own and I woke up and it was still on and I remember feeling really, really petrified. It's just one of those, for some reason, it really gets me. But no, I love it. I love, um, one of the reasons I love it is for the music and for the fashion, like, you know, where it's set and stuff. It feels... All the 80s stuff. It just feels so good. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, And uh, when I was researching all these TV deaths, uh, Bob came up as one of the, like, more poignant ones because it was one of the first in Stranger Things and it Mm. sort of sets the scene a bit, doesn't it? It was mm. one of my honourable mentions, definitely. He was in, in oh, really? The, yeah, oh, yeah. He was, he was close to being in the top ten, but then other ones just sort of pushed him out. But, uh, yeah. but he I mean, was I, there. I, I don't judge you at all, Loz, though. I feel like that they've really dialed up the horror, and especially in season four. They've really gone hard with yeah. Like, he's really scary. <laughs> so mm. I think a lot yeah. of people are like, whoa. It even gets me, something like that grandfather clock, man. I can't look at grandfather clocks anymore. I'm like, right, I've had enough. Get, get yeah. Don't do it. Like, mm. It's just, it's, it's a bit mind-bending, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Especially because the, the, the they're children in it. I think exactly. that's what really gets me as well. It's not like it's adults yeah. that are being, you know, yeah. it's, it's kids as well. So I immediately, because I'm quite, in my head, I'm quite childlike still. <laughs> I immediately put myself in those in those kids' shoes as well. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm how petrifying for them. Although they all like by season four, you know, they, you just know they're all hard asses and they're going to be fine. <laughs> and they also oh, yeah. look a lot older than I think their their exactly. ages They've are supposed aged. to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was um, the ginger haired girl. What's her Max. name? Max. She's a she spitting looks image. just like my niece. She looks just like my granddaughter. Oh Isn't my that, god! So that whole strain, that whole running up that hill moment. Yeah, I was in oh. fucking tears the because tears. all I could see was my granddaughter up there, and I thought, oh, oh. please, please, Max, make it. Please, please make let her it. live. Please let yeah. her live. I know. One of the most beautiful sequences I've ever seen. It's so well, absolutely. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's so, so well done. Yeah. So I mean, even it's even Kate Bush approved, so you know. Yeah. Did something yeah. right. The way they used the music there was absolutely fantastic. Yes. It was like edge of the seat stuff. Um, yeah. Go on then, Lodge, your number nine. Um, I don't know if either of you have watched Grey's Anatomy, um, but George, um, who's pay- played by T.R. Knight, um, dies. And it's a really moving scene because all of his... Uh, so he, he works in a hospital and um, there's just this scene where this patient's brought in and he's been hit by a bus and they don't know who he is um, and they keep sort of um, trying to save his life and he's, he, his face is very, very swollen. And then all of a sudden um, she realises it's George, who is a colleague of theirs. 
And it's that moment where the penny drops that it's George that they're trying to save is just so like, oh, I've just got shivers up and down my spine just thinking about it now. It's absolutely tragic and you don't see it coming because he's one of the most adorable characters in it. Um, and I, rumour has it, he actually fell out with the director, which is why they wrote him out of the show quite promptly. Um, mm, right. So it was just, it was, a, it was a big shock at the time. Yeah, I've never watched like a, a minute of Grey's Anatomy. I just haven't, I mean, it just... It, it, it's lumped in there with all these other shows. I mean, my wife watches, like, devours those kind of shows, whether they're <laughs> police shows, medical shows, detective. Oh, it's just, they all look like the same, just on a loop. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure anatomy, there's more to just, it. I mean, you need a pill of antidepressants by you every day. I mean, every time you watch it, it just makes me cry every single episode. It's like watching a film every episode. It's exhausting to watch. I've had to stop watching, actually. But, yeah, it's uh, it's very, very good. Lucy, fan? Seen bits of it. Um, but, like, I feel like it's one of those shows where I've come into it too late and there's just too many episodes now. And I yeah. feel completely overwhelmed by yeah. it. It's a bit like... People tell me to watch like The Wire and I'm like, I'm, t- I'm too late for The Wire now. I'm too yes. late. Like, oh, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way about The Wire. I just yeah. feel like there's too much to catch up on, right? I'm sure it's brilliant, <laughs> but I just do not have the time. Because yeah. that's that's also more of the days when it was twenty two episodes in a season as well, wasn't it? Now they're doing yeah. sort of six, seven episodes. Nine, I love a mini 10. series. Give me a mini series any yeah. day. Yeah, so much yeah, easier. Agree. Completely agree. agree. There's just there's not enough time for that crap. You just can't keep. No, twenty two episodes. What? I can't do that. <laughs> that's the Matrix. Have a little slot in your head. Stick in a little card and it downloads the 22 episodes and you know exactly what's happened. That'd be perfect. That would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> and then obviously you, you you have to buy more storage maybe to be able to get like the... Full, storage. You know, to, to get, I don't know, all of the wire. Cause, I mean, and the Sopranos. I've never touched the Sopranos because for that exact reason. Because there's oh, so many fun. episodes, but there's so many episodes now. I've not I've not watched any of them. So you're talking about a hell of a lot of your life to get that in you know and i'm sure there's some great deaths there which may come up i don't know probably (laughs) probably yeah uh right my number nine this is the only animal in my top 10 Mm. um and it's uh it's bye bye little sebastian from parks and recreation oh yeah uh, it's the little the little miniature shire horse um that's sort of like the i don't know the icon of um of the parks and rec department and he passes away and uh, andy dwyer which is chris pratt's character writes a song for him and they it's just fantastic everyone's absolutely gutted even ron swanson if you've watched parks and rec Mm -hmm. you know that ron swanson doesn't give a shit about anything um but even even he i think he he sheds a tear for little Sebastian, Aww. Aww. and it is, it is you don't see him die but you see him i think they do hold some kind of fate and you see little sebastian and like I say, Ron Swanson is one of my favourite characters. I think I, he was in my top ten comedy ca- characters of all time. And he just he doesn't get excited about anything. He just loves steak. He loves cigars. And he loves whiskey. That's about it. <laughs> but when they say that little Sebastian is at this fate, he's like a little kid. And he just runs off so he can go and see <laughs> little Sebastian. It's fantastic. So, so, yeah, that's my only animal in my top ten. Forgot about uh, little Sebastian. Oh, there you yeah. Go. You go. There is a fantastic T-shirt with little Sebastian on it. I've been trying to find it. I've seen it once and then not been able to see it again. I've got to try and find it because it's just fantastic. Oh. Um, right, go on then, Lucy. You're number eight, please. My first uh, comedy death of the podcast. Um, it's The Simpsons. It is Maud Flanders. 
Um, because the way she dies is funny. And I hate to say it, but they're sat watching a sports game and she gets hit by a T-shirt cannon and she falls off the bleachers to her death. <laughs> but it's and, and but also that that's contrasted with the aftermath of Ned being absolutely devastated. Mm. And I just think the whole like Ned Flanders getting over his wife timeline is an incredibly sad thing in The Simpsons. And it does take him a little while. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I've always just kind of found that death quite shocking because, you know, the Flanders are so iconic in The Simpsons and, mm. you know, kill, killing off the, the, the matriarch of the family <laughs> is quite a big decision. It would be yeah. like killing off large. You know, I feel like it's, it's a big thing to do. So I think watching that, you were like, well, they've, they've, they've really killed off more. Okay. Um, and it's always been quite memorable. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, that's the power of The Simpsons, isn't it? It's like mm. the, that you care that much. The characters are so rich and so great that you care that much. I mean, if you if, if the characters weren't that good, you wouldn't really give a shit whether they were dead or not. No. But that's no. that's the the power of The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they, I, they, they do emotions well, though. The Simpsons. They oh, have yeah. a lot yeah. of emotional. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And then usually Homer will come in and put his big foot in it no matter what they yeah no matter what the usually uh, yeah yeah Great i thought love. it was good that they tackled that because you know people do lose people all the time and i just i think it was an important thing to tackle mm. for sure yeah you know the that, fact you had a grieving man grieving single dad with kids mm. i thought that was great yeah yeah, yeah and also like a, a tr- traditional christian single dad as well so yeah he, there's probably some obstacles there around things that he wouldn't have like been used to or whatever so yeah mm. for sure for Who sure. In completely agree Poor go on then Lars your number eight then please uh mine was Letitia Cropley in Vicar of Dibley who is played by Liz Smith um there's a beautiful scene where they're all going in and saying goodbye to her and um Vicar of Dibley it's such a brilliant little series and uh it had some very poignant emotional moments in it, and that was one of them. Um, mm. I believe her character actually did die uh, some time later as well. Obviously, she she also plays um, Nana in the royal family. Um, so, yeah, they, I think it was kind of d- d- doubly emotional because you know that she is actually quite ill when they film those scenes as well. Yeah. I forgot she was even in the Vicar of Dibley. <laughs> no, I did. I completely forgot that she was in Vicar of Dibley, so I didn't realise yeah. that. She was in the early series. She was like Letitia, and she um, used to always cook all the weird food. Do you remember? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's been a long time since I've seen that. So, Lucy, fan of Vicar of Dibley? I've, oh, I've, de- I've definitely seen it, but the thing is, it's one of those where like it would be on the telly, but I couldn't tell you what all the characters were called or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I've definitely, I've seen this. I've seen like all the iconic moments, but. Yeah, not one that I'd call myself a fan of, but no, no. yeah, I totally get it. It's been influential in, in British TV culture for sure. The Christmas episode is the one that I always remember where she's try- she has to have like three Christmas dinners. Yeah. And she's trying to force the like the, the sprites into her mouth. Into her mouth yeah. That's like a classic scene, that is. Yeah. That is great. Okay. All right then. Um, yeah. was, what was her name? Liz Fraser. No, not Liz Fraser. Was it Liz, Liz Fraser? Smith. Liz, Liz Smith. Smith. Liz Smith. I'm going to write that down. Okay, uh, my number eight, Breaking Bad has had so many different um, mm. classic um, movies, um, movie uh, TV deaths, but I'm going to go for the main man. I'm going to go for Walter White's death mm. um, oh, yeah. in, in one of the, I think one of the greatest finale episodes I think I've ever seen. Um, Breaking Bad for me is one of those perfect TV shows. It didn't stay it, overstay its welcome. 
perfectly wraps up in five wonderful seasons and his journey at the end in the in the final episode is one that had so many twists and turns in it but was very satisfying for the fact that he didn't get away with what he was doing he actually admitted the fact to his wife that he did it because he enjoyed what it what it made him he became a a a legend as opposed to being just a boring person that was dying of cancer or whatever it was that he was dying of. But the fact that it's that look on Brian Cranston's face as he dies. I mean, I think that's what a good actor can do. He can have a one look on his face, but it can tell you so much. And I've, I've just, like you said, Lucy, about that first episode of Squid Game, I've watched that last episode of, yeah. um, of Breaking Bad so many times as a yeah. single piece of TV, it is just so good. Um, mm. I, I don't know what else. I don't think there's anything else you can say about it. People have said so much about Breaking Bad, but um, mm. I don't know. I've also heard, met loads of people that are not fans of Breaking Bad. They don't understand it or they don't like it. They just don't get it. So, ladies, Loz, what? what I love Breaking Bad. It's one of my favourite um, shows of all time. However... That was my one, apart from, there's two, two episodes I didn't like. The last one, which you've just described, I didn't mm-hmm. like the, the ending. And the one where there was a fly in the, oh, um, right. <laughs> is it a fly or a pigeon? Or there was something there's in a, the, yeah, the fly, yeah. lab. Directed by Ryan Johnson, I think. Oh, was, that was yeah. the most boring episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was lots of deeper meaningful around that episode, but I remember thinking it was really boring. That's one where a lot of fans class that as like the, the best episode out of the series. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, people oh. love that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was dull. Dull, dull, dull. I loved it. The series, though, was brilliant. I remember being absolutely hooked from, from right at the start where you've got that RV going through the desert with, with all his clothes hanging off the thing. He's just thinking, in his what? pants, yeah. What's going on? What's going on? It was so good. Yeah, yeah. very, very good. Lucy, you fan? Oh, it's brilliant I mean you know as far as pilot episodes go you really can't beat that you've just said it's it's it grabs you from the get-go honestly yeah. I think that pilot is is brilliant and obviously the Walter White the, to Heisenberg trajectory throughout the entire runtime is just is just glorious I think it's kind of the making of a of a um of a drug lord from from a science teacher who mm. you know didn't really have anything going for him really which is an awful thing to say but I think he has he had quite a normal life obviously. And then it's, it's just the way he just just changes. It's, it's just wonderful. Brian Cranston is an absolute master of like, because like keep in mind, like he was doing comedy before this. Really. Yeah. He was doing yeah. like Malcolm in the Middle and stuff. Yeah. So like, I yeah. think this was quite a shock for some people to be like, oh my God, wow, this is intense. That's yeah. brilliant. And, yeah. and obviously um, Aaron Paul as well. I love him as Jesse. I think he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. The two of them are just masters. They are. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. One of the greatest shows ever, I think. I'll um, stop now, otherwise I'll just talk about Breaking Bad for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, right then, Lucy, you're number seven then, please. Number seven is my first, because I'm some some of my uh, shows repeat themselves, so I do apologise, but there's some great deaths in, in these. My first entry into Game of Thrones um, is actually Ned Stark, his death. That's my because, number four, just to let you know. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, because it's. I think there's a lot of deaths you could choose. But I think with, with Ned... You know, obviously, Sean Bean was was used to sell the entire you know thing. He was on all the DVD covers, on all the posters, and then they kill him off in season one. <laughs> so you know, 
we, we all know Sean Bean's got to die some way in or some shape or form, right? It's, it's um, the law. It's the we were law. waiting for it to happen, so it yeah. was somewhat satisfying that it did. <laughs> um, but it also just kind of hammers home just how fucking horrific Joffrey and his cronies are in, <laughs> in that family, just how insidious they are in nature. I just think, you know, I'm not a massive fan of like medieval stuff and, and like fantasy stuff generally. But Game of Thrones is one of the exceptions. I think they did it really, really well. Mm. And Ned's death is equal parts satisfying, equal parts devastating, if that makes sense. Because I was waiting for Sean Bean to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when's it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Which I know is ridiculous. But... I think the thing was it set the blueprint for what Game of Thrones was going to be and the fact that, like you said, all of the marketing was all like, was Sean Bean sat on the Iron Throne. Yep. Look, look at the superstar. Sean Bean is the star of this TV show. <laughs> yeah. And I can remember sitting there watching it with uh, with my wife, and it was like, well, if Sean Bean's dead, and right up to the moment when the axe comes down or the, the sword comes down, you think someone's going to save him in a minute or someone's going to come and say, there's been a pardon or it doesn't. And then when his head goes, you think, then nobody's safe. If Sean Bean, the biggest star in the show, is dead, then anybody could get an maybe arrow in the eye or a axe to the ghoulies or something so it's so it, straight away then you're thinking it doesn't matter now all the table you know the, the cards are on the table anybody can die and when you've got that point in a show that's what makes it intriguing that's why one of the shows i'm going to talk about a bit later on had that and then nice. then you've got your, your, your viewer haven't you because then nobody knows what's going to happen nobody knows what's going on and even when someone is just like walking in a field you think there's going to be a gunshot or there's going to be an arrow <laughs> or something is going to happen. So yeah, that's, yeah. that, that's, that, that's why it's in, in mine, not in yours, Loz, not in your top 10. Oh, I mean, it might be number one. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've got a confession. You've never watched Game of Thrones. I've never watched a minute of Game of Thrones. <gasps> well, I've, just, I've just ruined it for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so I, uh, when it was at its peak of popularity, I was working, uh, in a really small office with seven people, all of whom were watching it, and they would talk very enthousi- enthusiastically about it every single week. Um, so I kind of lived precariously through them in that I kind of, I, I know what it's all about. I know there's always lots of people that are dying. I know that it got people really excited. But um, I'm a bit like Lucy in that I've never really enjoyed medieval or fantasy type stuff so I never really got into it and now I feel a little bit like I couldn't even though I know it was just absolutely phenomenal and it's been you know it's an absolute cult classic I just feel like there's been too many and I couldn't get into it now and nobody would care nobody would want to talk to me about it because it's been and done yeah so it's just one of those ones where it just passed me by I can't remember what why what you know why I didn't start watching it because I do quite like watching things with big groups of people like I'm watching Happy Valley at the moment I love talking about Happy Valley with people you know whenever that's whenever that's on it's like oh did you watch Happy Valley but um no that was just one I didn't get into for some reason it's 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 one of those shows and I, I will put Lost in this show in this category I'll put Walking Dead in this category where they they have your viewer at a certain point and then something happens and then everybody just gets turned. I can remember the moment that Daenerys is on that dragon in the final series and makes that decision mm-hmm. to burn everything to the ground. I was going, no, don't do that. And it ruined, I mean, the whole, a lot of the last series of Game of Thrones. 
they made some really weird decisions, some really weird decisions that everybody was up in arms about. Everybody had already written their version, hadn't they? They'd already said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. None of it happened. They went a completely different way and then all the fans just turned on them and said, this is, this is ter- what a terrible way to finish the show. But Yeah, it, it did a Dexter, as I like to call it, because the ending Dexter of Dexter was, was absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. unfortunately, yeah, like it's it, and the thing is with Game of Thrones, it has such a strong first couple of seasons, like mm. you said, like that first season is incredible. Yeah, even the first episode is incredible. But I don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the the Battle of the Bastards and all of that. So you know, the, the later seasons were had some fantastic moments. Mm. And oh, sure, yeah. Everything was set up for like for it to take over for me from Breaking Bad as the greatest all-round TV show, like, from season to season, and they just dropped the ball in the final season. It was, yeah. It's a shame, yeah. but there you go. Um, okay, so that was my number eight, wasn't it? Is that right? No, what we do? No, that, no, you had Eddard Stark, didn't you? Sorry. Yeah. I didn't write it down. Sorry, my fault. Lars, right, you're, number, you're number seven, please. Uh, so this is an interesting one, because she didn't actually die in the episode. So... In Gavin and Stacey's latest Christmas special, um, Doris, who is their neighbour, who's played uh, by Margaret John, dies in real life. And they actually toast her. A little tribute. It's just a a really small little tribute in the pub where they go, let's, you know, toast to to Dor because she's, you know, she's no longer with us. And there's that lovely moment where, you know, like the viewer knows that in real life she's died. And they go around toasting her and then there's a pause and they're all looking at Nessa. And Nessa's like, I think she said something about, oh, she still owed me money or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a lovely moment because I love that they could still do that. They still felt that they honoured her enough and respected her enough as a person, as an actress, mm. that they could still take the piss even at that stage. And Nessa was the one to do it. Uh, I just thought it was lovely and, and it was just a lovely moment. Because she all was always Doris. chatting up Gavin, wasn't she? she was always yeah, like, she was really randy, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved Doris as a character, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that still counts, doesn't it? I mean, she did and she died in the series as such. So, yeah, that kind of counts as a yeah. TV death. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. I didn't even think of that one. Very clever, Loz. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Very clever. Right, mine, I'm going to take you, you youngsters, back to 1984. Okay, I'll take you back to 1984. I was two. There you go, right. Well, I wasn't born. <laughs> there you go. So what was I? I was for I was 15 years old. Whoa! And, um, and Dallas was one of the biggest shows on TV, okay? Mm. Now we'd already we'd we'd already gone through who shot Jr. and the whole whole thing like that, um, but his brother Bobby Ewing gets run over by a car in season eight, and he he sort of survives for a while, but he's in his hospital bed, and I can remember sitting watching it, and I think and I haven't rewatched the scene because it was too harrowing for me. But he he talks to his mum and he's saying he's saying something like "Mama, Mama, you know why can't it's almost like why can't everybody get along?" kind of thing. And then he dies, and all I can remember is going upstairs to the toilet with my bottom lip trembling. And for some reason, and that was the, that was the first time that like I think a, a TV show had made me feel like that. And it was really, really strange because I'd never felt like that about it. And I wasn't a massive um, Dallas fan. I think it was because Bobby Ewing, it was uh, Patrick Duffy, 
who played Bobby Ewing, and he was the man from Atlantis. And I loved the man from Atlantis, which was a TV show about a guy with webbed feet and webbed hands that could swim really fast, and it was like an adventure show. So, mm. But then this obviously also set up... So for a whole season, for season all of season nine, um, Patrick Duffy wasn't in it. And then I think it was the end of season nine was the famous scene where Bobby Ewing comes out of the shower and uh, says to his wife, hey, Pam, how you doing? So the whole of season nine was a dream. It was a dream from his wife. So they, they wrote him back into the show in, in sort of glorious... <laughs> Lucy's face. Look at it. Look at it. The shower scene. Look at it. I'll put it in the so video. Painful, though. Why would they do that? Because I, th- I think because Bobby Ewing... Bobby Ewing. Patrick Duffy wanted to go out and try other things and then realised, actually, it's quite cool being a soap opera star and I'm getting money for like doing this crap and so they wrote him back in and it's one of the most famous like over the top soap opera storylines ever that he that like the, I think it's Victoria Principal was his wife she sat on the bed and she wakes up well you know she's led in the bed she wakes up and she's sort of looking around and then she goes to the bathroom and then Bobby Ewing comes out and sort of goes, hey, Pam, how you doing? And she's sort of looking like that. So everything that happened in the 22 episodes, whatever it is of the season, that season, was all in her head. None of it counted. None of it mattered. And then Bobby Ewing was back in the show. So there you go. There's something for you to research there, Lucy. That's ambitious. Well. <laughs> <laughs> they got away with it. They got away yeah. with it. They went on for Fair a, enough. I mean, I Dallas mean, is a very famous show. I haven't seen it, but yeah, I think they did. Well, they did fourteen series altogether in regards yeah. to the 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 like the old style. They brought it back again in the two thousands, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, there you go. There's something for you. Okay, Lucy, your number six, please. Number six is a kind of a jokey one, <laughs> but I've gone for Kenny in South Park. Oh right! Ah, just because of the, just give him a break. This yeah. poor child has been killed in so many different ways. I just think it's a really fun trope for them to have. You know, my personal favorite is when his heart gets replaced by a baked potato. It's just stupid <laughs> like this. It's just stupid little get like little little um skits about Kenny, mm. and I just think that oh my god, he killed Kenny is just iconic. So I think he had to be in here because he's a death that just it just keeps happening. And I think, um, yeah. I mean, really to be fair, he, he must have more deaths than Samuel L. Jackson. He, he must, must do. <laughs> he must do. I mean, he must do. I mean, it's every episode, isn't every it? Every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched South Park in years, I must confess, but like, I just remember there's some really funny, funny deaths that he went through. Bless <laughs> Again, there, there must be something on YouTube, like a, mm. um, like a compilation. Mm. Oh, yeah. of all of his deaths so again Quick something it. else to look out for uh, on the Patreon <laughs> uh, I mean to be fair he has to be in someone's top 10 doesn't he for TV deaths because he is the that's that's all he does he's got nothing else he exists to just die yeah uh, go on then Loz your number 6 please I mentioned her earlier so Liz Smith uh, who played Nana in the royal family, uh, the episode where she died. And again, what was really poignant about it is that we all watched her die, which was a really, really sad episode. And she just gets to meet her great uh, grandchild just before she dies. And then in real life, 
several days later she died in real life so now when I watch that back again uh it just makes me go oh gosh this woman was you know she probably was pretty much on her deathbed when that was being filmed presumably it was just a few months before that's my Um, number six as well by the way oh really oh it's just such an emotional scene and she's just so well loved and the way that the other characters are all you know reacting oh it's just it's beautiful it's a beautiful death isn't it it's beautiful Mm. surrounded by a family it was the queen of sheba i think was the name of the episode wasn't it i think that's right yeah there is some great outtakes uh, on youtube some bloopers from that episode and she's got one of the foulest mouths you've ever heard <laughs> Liz Smith. she has uh, it's it's I'll, that will, i'll definitely put on the video playlist because there's some, <laughs> some great great um bits especially the, there's a bit when they're all of the family are it's the point of her point of view of everybody around her bed yeah and they're all looking they're trying to be sad and then for some i can't remember who it was who, who says something and then everyone just starts laughing and they can't stop laughing they're supposed to be really really sad and they can't do it they're just laughing all the way but yeah i think it's um it's that was one of those shows that it was it was of its time it was definitely felt like it was an early 2000s kind of show because you, you watch it back now and it just it feels a little bit dated but I think everybody yeah. had a, everybody had a, a nana like her. Yeah, that would say exactly. inappropriate things that would think like giving you ten p would be like you know the greatest thing. You go and yeah. buy yourself some sweets with like ten yeah. p or something. Yeah, and you haven't got the heart to say actually, nan, that's not going to buy you a penny chew these days. Ten p, it's not going to get you it. No. Um, but yeah, so Lucy, royal family fan? Never seen it. I'm not going to lie. Really? Like, like well. I've seen like, you know, it in passing on gold, but I've never really sat down and like watched. I've seen adverts for it and stuff, but never never watched it, no. And it's, mm-hmm. you've never had any sort of thing, I just want to maybe watch one and see what they're like or? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I'd probably find it funny. It's just one of those shows that's just passed me by, I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those. You can never yeah. get around to watching them all, can no. you? No. Um, no. I think no. it's what inspired Gogglebox. Personally, that show. Yeah. Probably because that's all they did. Good point. That's all well, they did. Yeah. Sat around watching telly, yeah. and it, and it was just to watch them watching telly. It was just, it was very funny. It was very yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so my number six was Nana from the Royal Family. So over to you, Lucy, for number five. All right, we're back to the Simpsons. Um, I've gone with Bleeding Gums Murphy this time. Ah, Bleeding Gums, yay! Yeah, <laughs> Bleeding Gums. It's it's a really poignant one, I think, because I I've always loved Lisa as a character anyway. So I think for her to lose one of her jazz heroes was very sad. Um, and you've got that lovely scene at the end when, when you know, he's in the cloud and they have a little duet together and it's very sweet. Because um, Bleeding Gums was a very interesting character. Like he was quite quirky and comedic and odd. Um, but for him to die of, I think he just had a heart attack or something. It was, it was something fairly yeah. normal. It was yeah. quite a normal, like a natural causes kind of thing, um, rather than what happened to Maud. Um, and I just think The Simpsons is very good at sort of hitting you with like reality sometimes and just being like, you know, you might idolize this person, but they're going to die one day. And it's very sad. And when you have a child, you can't really comprehend that, that he's not there anymore. And it's I really enjoyed it. I think it was a very it, it always makes me tear up that saxophone duet. It always makes me go, oh, very sad. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, the, isn't that the one where I think Lisa's trying to wait in to talk to Bleeding Gums when he's dead? And all of the um, 
James Earl Jones voices keep coming through the clients. Yeah, like, all of a sudden yeah. it's Darth Vader and then it's um, yeah. Lion King and then right. this is CNN and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bleeding comes to turn up. Yeah, that's a great one. And they that still make a... it funny. They've just got exactly. that unique blend of, oh, it's just, I love this series. It's, so yeah, Bleeding Gums is a very sad one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That Again, that was in probably my 13th, 14th in there because mm-hmm. I wanted to I, the, they're the two out of the Simpsons that you think that should be there but uh, yeah that's yeah. a great one that's a great one go on then Lodge your number five uh, so oh this has to be important it's just clearing yeah. the throat <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit of a triggering one for me personally uh, but it was done so brilliantly and, and back in the day then people didn't talk about them so it's actually when Cassandra loses her baby in Only Fools and Horses mm. and she has a miscarriage and it's done so well in that you know Rodney just comforts her and says look we'll get through this but the bit that got me oh God, I'm tearing up just thinking about it is when is when Dalboy is sitting on a staircase with Rodney and turns to him and just says, this is just a drop stitch in life's rich tapestry. And I was just like, oh, it mm. just really gets me. In fact, I think that was in the episode afterwards. I think it's done over a couple of episodes. But um, what an amazing emotional piece of drama uh, in what is one of the best comedies ever. Um, and it really, it really just, yeah. As, as somebody who's who's uh miscarried myself a few times that that scene for me um now even when I go back and watch it uh is is just so well done it's very very well done mm. the bit when uh Del and Rodney are in the lift and Del yes. like does something to make sure the lift gets stuck but it's it, he does it on purpose so that him and Rodney so we can get Rodney to talk about it yeah because Del yeah. boy starts panicking about oh I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and it ends up with Rodney breaking down and that that's that yeah. was the bit that just like because Rodney's trying to be I think brave for, for Cassandra, Cassandra isn't he? Yeah, and he, yeah. he needs to to let out and um again fantastic writing in the point that it's going from mm. high comedy to yeah just absolutely, absolutely. devastation yeah 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 definitely I yeah. think especially for its time, like you said, like obviously not many people were really talking about that kind of thing. So I think it's so beautifully written, especially with like the sort of the, from the point of view of, of the father as well. Like obviously yeah. they have to sort of, they have to grieve too, but they, they don't really know how. And yeah. I do think it was, you know, that kind of like, you know, cause Dell's very toxic masculinity sometimes, but, but <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. moment, like you said, he finally just, he's there for his brother and it's very sweet. Yeah. I, I love Only Fools. It's one of my favorites. It comes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. definitely. Yeah, it, was very, it, was, it's, it was so well done. So well mm-hmm. done. Because I think we're only really now beginning to talk about miscarriage in the way it should be yep. talked about. Yep. Only really now. And that was filmed, what, 30 years ago? Was so for them, to, yeah, yeah, the for them to be talking 90s. about that and, and as you say, from the perspective of, of the men as well, yeah. uh, it, was, it, was, it was head and shoulders above its, before its time. It was, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, when you've got somebody with the talent of John Sullivan who wrote it, that Mm. if you had somebody of a lesser talent, then it becomes either icky or it becomes uncomfortable. It doesn't be, it isn't handled the way that John Sullivan handled it. You know, it it can be just like poorly handled, but that was perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
It's perfect. It's perfect. It was perfect. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, my number five is the second of my Game of Thrones. I mean, you could do a top ten of Game of Thrones deaths, but yeah. this one for me was the most satisfying. It's Ramsay Bolton. Oh I think you yeah, had to have this because he was such a fucking shit. Oh, such a com- I mean. And it was, it was the, I mean, again, I think it's my favourite episode. Battle of the Bastards is my favourite episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the fact that he gets eaten by his own dogs is just, is, and, and you've got <laughs> Sophie, Sophie Turner watching and just loving the fact and turning around and then all you hear are just these screams of pain as he's being ripped apart. Uh, that for me was like, what is it? it's great when you can have a death that you can celebrate because death isn't nice. Obviously it's not nice, but when it's somebody that is as, as is 100% evil and nasty, Mm -hmm. that's what you want. You want that feeling of revenge in yourself because it makes you feel better that you've got that payback for yourself as a viewer. So I don't know, Lucy, whether you feel the same. Oh, hundred percent. I think, you know, I think especially with villainous characters, I think, you know, we spoke on our on our movie and TV villain um, podcast as well. There are there are some that may meet their demise or something happens to them, and it is very satisfying when it does happen because you've spent the entire thing being like, "Oh, what a bastard!" Yes, and then they finally <laughs> they finally get like you know put put to a stop, and someone ends it. Or you know, I think it's it's the the irony of being eaten by your own dogs is quite satisfying as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> things like Game of Thrones. <laughs> They don't do things by half, do they? Everything no. is very brutal and horrible, and there's some nasty, nasty moments. And that is certainly top ten nasty Game of Thrones moments up there. I mean, you know, it's 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 a rough one, but yes, I do have, you know, I, I feel some sort of satisfaction when a character I hate dies, and I think I think a lot of us do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I don't mean to be horrible to the actor, but he's got one of those faces that you could just punch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's got one that's one of those smiles. He's got that even even other things I've seen him in. I just think you just want whether he's playing a nice guy or even a shit in whatever. You just want to punch him. He's got one of those faces, and I feel sorry for him for that. I feel sorry for any actor. Like that. I mean, it's like the guy who plays Draco Malfoy. Like yes. I'm sure he's yes. Tom Felton. Oh yeah. Tom Felton. But I'm like, you just look like because yeah. we're so used to being this smug little Slytherin kid. And you're like, oh, that's so annoying. Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he got cast though for that face, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh right then, Lucy, you're number four then, please. Number four. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Not really. My wife loves it. No, I've, I've no, never no. seen it. So I'll kind of obviously give you a bit of context, but it's basically Buffy's mum dies of natural causes. And it's very sad because Buffy spent basically all of this series sort of fighting vampires, seeing death every single day, you know, just physically killing people, just dealing with, you know, people being killed by supernatural entities. And then her mum just dies of an aneurysm on the sofa. And it's one of the most human elements to the show is she comes downstairs and her mum's just dead on the sofa. And I think Joss Whedon, you know, for all of his faults now, um, was basically writing about how, you know, death is inevitable. It's it's sad. It, it can be normal and, and almost quite boring. Because mm. I think Buffy was so used to like you know extreme dramatic deaths and whatever, but just her mum dying on the sofa there—it's it, an episode just called the body, um, and it's that the whole episode is just about the aftermath of, of her mum dying. 
And she comes down the stairs and she's just sick on the carpet. And it's like, it's just normal things, you know, that you wouldn't expect from like a fantasy series. Mm. And I think it resonated with audiences a lot because, you know, sometimes sometimes death can be quiet and still and just just normal. Like you're saying about Nana, like just in, in the bed, just just mm. happens. And I think it added a really human element to Buffy. And obviously growing up in the 90s, I was a big fan of it. And yeah, so... Very sad. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think with a show like that, like you say, you get desensitized to the to the mm-hmm. you know the vampires just blowing up into dust, and yeah, that's, that's more of a yeah. visceral, real, yeah, down to earth kind of moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Okay, yeah. I've, I've never really. I'm a, my wife had a more an angel, like Buffy angel, the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I, I just never got into it. Yeah. And I'm not starting now because there's too many series. <laughs> it's past now. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Uh, go on then, Lodge number four. Um, have either of you seen a series, an amazing series about the AIDS epidemic called It's a Sin? No, yes. I oh. oh. I know what you're going to say. Richie's death. So played yep. by Ollie Alexander. Um First of all, the series is phenomenal and I would say you have to watch it because it makes what happened in the 80s feel incredibly raw and real and you realise that there are probably some things that were happening back then that um, are a little bit of a mirror to what was happening in um, the pandemic um, and also with um, other certain things and and that's going on now. So it's a bit of a reflection on society going, actually, we haven't got that far, Uh, A. B, it was very, very well performed, brilliantly written, and uh, Richie, who's the protagonist in this, um, his mum, actually, who's played by Keely Hawes, is what makes this scene at the end in that he dies off camera. We don't see him dying. Um, And his best friend who has, you know, it's it's him and it's a female protagonist throughout the whole thing, goes to uh, the Isle of Wight to, to sort of basically be by his bedside while he's dying and gets there and this horrible mother, Valerie, um, sort of just sort of says, well, he's already died. And it's just that moment where you hate her, you hate the mother so much for for doing that, but also you ha- you do still have empathy for her, and yeah. that is why Keely Hawes pulled that off so wonderfully. Um, she deserves every award going on, on under the sun for that particular character that she played, Valerie, which was a very difficult character, but very um, of the time. Um, of you know of of mothers back in the 80s who didn't you know who you know to be gay back then it was shrouded in secrecy and and AIDS was you know very very to be felt ashamed of for parents back then so you understood her character you hated her character but you also felt heartbroken for her character because ultimately she adored her son so it it was a very important death screen Mm. death for me um phenomenal acting in that whole series yeah I mean Keely Hawes as, as well the hospital scene where she finds out he's just been diagnosed when she's walking down the corridor and she's absolutely raging she's angry yeah. at the world I mean Keely yeah. Hawes is a powerhouse she's incredible yeah. and I think nobody could have pulled it off as well as she did yeah, and I, I think agree. obviously yes it is about Richie's death but also having the mother's rage and the mother's hatred and whatever amplifies it so yeah that's a yeah. really great pick. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I've never seen... I did, Oh, it's, I'm not going to lie. I haven't even heard of this. <laughs> I think you'd love it, Pav. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I wouldn't probably watch it at the moment. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't seem like it's a it's a, a joke filled laugh it's fest. A, no, I think maybe wait to the summer when it's yeah. quite such a depressing month. Because yeah, it's that not might be a, a good it's idea. It's not an easy watch. It's not an easy watch. It's no, not no, a no. Watch. Yeah, it's a okay. good one. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that then. Uh, my number four <laughs> was Sean Bean, uh, Eddard Stark, Game of Thrones. So back to you, Lucy, for your number three. Number three um, is another Breaking Bad one. So obviously we've all seen Breaking Bad here. Um, it's Hank. Oh, Hank, oh Hank. yeah. It's devastating. Oh, I can't even talk about it. That was <laughs> devastating. It's the fact he just essentially gets like shot mid-sentence. I'm like, are you joking? Like it's yeah. just right in front of Walter as well. And I'm like, ah, I can't. And yeah. I think Hank was all always kind of like the sort of, that character where it was like his, his brother-in-law, he happens to be a cop. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. got to try and like be normal around him and his Hank's a bit jokey and he jokes with his wife about rocks and minerals or whatever. And I don't think we were expecting his death to happen when I wasn't, you know? And mm. I just think it was, mm. I was quite, quite blindsided by the way Hank went. Yeah. I put him so high up because I remember being very distressed by this scene and like, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that, so... And I think also the the whole charade of Walter White just washes off his face when that happens. He's not the hard man. Absolutely. He, he just becomes back to being the pathetic man that he was before because this is real real now and like it's not just people that he doesn't know dying. It's somebody like family. Family, yeah, exactly. Right, and I right think... in front of him. Yeah, that one is that one is devastating. Absolutely. Lost. And I think a little a little oh, bit like the the Buffy situation, um, it's sort of the humanizing of it all, you know. Because yeah. I feel like Breaking Bad, while there's no supernatural element, it's a spectacle. It's very much a, a drug sort of, you know, drug world, drug kingpin. But killing a family member, you're like, oh shit, it's real now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Loss? yeah, that was probably for me one of the most important deaths in that whole. Um, series uh, that along with uh, I hope I'm not spoiling any of your you know the top threes I doubt it but also the death of um, oh gosh I can't think of his names but his his girlfriend overdoses yes oh yeah yeah that was quite that was quite a poignant moment as well she she overdosed but yeah Hank I think was the most like (gasps) no not Hank (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, Walter White was stood over his girlfriend, wasn't he? While she while she was overdosing. That's so he, right. Yeah. He had the power also, to save her if he wanted to, but he didn't oh, want to. I think that was yeah. also like the turning point, wasn't it? When you realise he's actually quite an evil man. Yeah. 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 But poor yeah. Jesse didn't have any luck, did he? Because the other girl that he was liking, that was the one that and I can't remember what was the. Ah, oh, forget his name now. I'm gonna have to look it up. But. Um, he knocks yeah. on the the woman's door, doesn't he? She's got a kid as well, and they just sh- shoot her in the in the head on her porch yeah. with Jesse yeah. watching. And uh, just oh, I mean, they, they are, it's those kind of things that are the things that just just rip your guts out and just like you know, yeah. stamp on your heart and stuff like that. So, mm. oh dear. Anyway, Lars, you're number three, please. Right, sorry to bring the tone down. <laughs> I, I don't um, get any lower. Please do, <laughs> <laughs> going from from um yeah it's a sin and from it's um from breaking bad i'm gonna go to to uh the sex and the city reboot i'm so sorry um 
The Sex and the City reboot, uh, which is called Just Like That, let me put it into context for you. When I was growing up, uh, so from about the ages of 15 through to 21, I watched Sex and the City religiously. It was like when Friends finished, that was a thing that I then hooked myself onto. And it's the mm-hmm. thing I watched at university. It was I watched it through sort of life-defining times. And for me, it was a lot about empowering women to talk about sex and empowering women to uh, feel good about what they war and uh, I loved it I loved the series and then when the reboot came along I was very nervous about watching it because obviously it was it's quite a long time to have a reboot I think it was nearly 20 years between when they finished and when they did the reboot and I watched the first episode going oh this is okay but there were some moments in it that made me cringe and then right at the end of the first episode uh, her husband Big who is this huge character in Sex and the City all through all six series, like the main protagonist in it. Um, he's having a heart attack. And um, you just assume because, you know, you've got about five minutes towards the end of, of the episode, it's 30 minutes episode, you're 25 minutes in, he's having a heart attack. They do it kind of quite casually and you just think, oh, He's going to, you know, he's going to, uh, she's going to go rescue him. And then the, ne- the next episode, he'll be in the hospital. That's going to, that's going to how it yeah. ends. You kind of, you just tell yourself that's going to how it ends. And then she rushes to him. He's been on his Peloton bike. He's gasping for gre- be- breath. So he's not dead. It goes to credits. And then over the top of the credits, no music, nothing. It just went, and just like that, Big died. <laughs> and it was just the most shocking moment for me because I was so convinced that he was going to be fine because, you know, he was there and he was breathing and people get, you know, people, people get rescued, don't they? Like ambulances come along and, and ship them off. But for her to go and just like that big died and then you don't get any music, just the credits rolling up. I was bereft. I was like, <laughs> you can't do that to us. <laughs> and it's just the timing of it was just it was just such a shock and to have that kind of oh it felt felt like oh I was back with my family again after all these years isn't it lovely and then suddenly for that to happen I was just weeping I had to text my friends going oh my god big died <laughs> and then it like and then obviously there was this whole cult thing wasn't there with Peloton afterwards the Peloton shares dropped and there's all sorts of things going on yeah but um yeah it was it was an incredible moment so that's my number three i don't think the plan was for him to die was it because i think he didn't he didn't the actor get cancelled i think wasn't that that wasn't that the reason that they wrote him out i thought that the, the... no no the ho- sure? he was yeah he was written to be re- written to ri- to be written out because the whole thing is about her grieving his death the whole oh, right. the, all of the next all of the next six episodes are about her grief and about her moving on. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, so she dies in the he dies in the first episode. He dies in the very first episode. Yeah. Oh, that's that is shocking. I mean, I haven't yeah. even seen it, but oh my yeah, god, yeah. I would I would be livid. Yeah, because we all thought, you know, oh, you know, this, this is going to be lovely, and then the next episode, she's like planning his funeral, and we're like, oh my god, this is devastating. That is so sad. Yeah. Well, I can't remember what that actor's name is. What's that actor's name? Chris Chris North. Right. Yeah, there you go, and, and you know the whole the whole of Sex and the City, the whole six series was about those two finally getting it together and finally getting married. So then to kill him off <laughs> in the first episode of the reboot, you're like, 
whoa, this isn't going to be the Sex and the City I watched 20 years ago. <laughs> and it wasn't. It really wasn't. I mean, it's a way of, of making sure you carry on watching. Because, again, a bit like the yeah. Sean Bean. It's like you think, right, well, then yeah. no one's safe. You don't know what's going to happen, do you? So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, right, my number three. We're going back to the... Um, the death fest that is only fools and horses. Oh <laughs> yeah, and his granddad. You got to have granddad. Oh, yeah. granddad. You got to have granddad. It was another one that was off screen. Uh, Leonard Pierce yeah. unfortunately died. I think in between whatever it was, series three and series four, or series two and series three. I'm not sure. Um, I've watched the Only Fools and Horses documentary, and they talk about the fact that they knew that he'd been ill, but they'd all. Uh, rehearsed ready for the new series and thought he was going to come back and then unfortunately he died so they had to rewrite it and again as we've just said John Sullivan fantastic being able to create mm. moments of comedy in like the deepest despair I just think the way that they handled it and the whole episode but the actual mm. like the the funeral scene um where you can tell that they are they are really grieving it's not acting they're really grieving um but that moment when del boy chucks what he thinks is granddad's hat into the <laughs> you know into the open grave and then afterwards the vicar is saying has anybody seen my hat <laughs> and it's just perfect it's beautifully noted and beautifully pitched you know and then the whole episode is is that rodney is grieving but mm. del boy is is doing what del boy does and he's yeah he's are you doing mate yeah come on do you want a drink and having a laugh with his mates and and rodney just doesn't understand and that plays into obviously later on in rodney's life with the way he doesn't know how to react to you know the the the, the, the thing with cassandra so it's sort of like yeah. you know it's, it's in his character all the way through but yeah for mm. me that's just such a bittersweet because because the first I would say the first seven series of Only Fools and Horses to me is perfect comedy. There isn't a bad episode. They shouldn't. They should have left it to when they won the lottery, and just left it. Not not gone back and made them poor again. It just didn't work after that. But but for yeah. me, yeah. And 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 Granddad was such a great character as well. He, he was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Lucy, your number two, then please. Right, we're going back to satisfying deaths and back to Game of Thrones, actually. So it's Joffrey's death. Yay, why not? Because <laughs> he had to go. And I love the fact that his death was so pathetic. He yeah. just got poisoned. So you just had a drink of wine and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think it's just him lying there and he's got the blood everywhere and it's just grim. It's 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 almost like a sort of... You almost think Joffrey deserves something a bit more dramatic, but just to die lying there after drinking some wine, it's pretty pathetic. And I think he deserved that because he was so nasty. <laughs> he was a horrible, horrible little boy. <laughs> yeah. He was abusive, you know, when he killed Ned. Yeah. And then he was horrible to Ned's daughter, Sansa, obviously, because they were kind of forced into a marriage at one point, weren't they? Yeah. Um, or some kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, horrible, horrible man. So, yeah, I was happy to see him go, and I was very, very delighted about it. Um. I'm trying to remember at what point is it his other wedding where that happens? He's getting married to Marjorie, is it when he gets poisoned? I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it's almost on the, like yeah. his celebrations get ruined as well. Well, not really celebrations, but you know, it's supposed to be a sort of commemorative event, you know, to sort of solidify his position in the kingdom. And then he just gets off. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember. It. I mean, I think I've got the Marjorie thing right. I mean, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's his wedding where where it happens. Mm. And oh. Man, it's so great. <laughs> I mean, if only his mum had just like 
pulled his pants down and smacked his bottom a few times. He may have turned into a different kind of person, but... Horrible. What an awful character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got the Draco Malfoy effect now. Sadly, has... you'll <laughs> see the actor in the street. You're like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's again, one of those faces. Yeah, one of those faces. But, but I think um... it just goes to show that the talent behind the Game of Thrones cast, though, and just how they can pull off someone so despicable. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like you say, you could do, you could easily do a top 10 of, of oh, yeah. Game of Thrones deaths without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, go on then, lodge your number two. Um, Grey's Anatomy again. <clears throat> when Patrick Dempsey, who plays Derek, he, he died. Um, again, it was a really big shock. So all throughout the series, uh, him and Meredith are basically the, the two protagonists in it. And he's dreamy. He's, you know, he's the main character. Everyone loves him. He's brilliant. And it just came out of left field. It was really, really shocking. And he died in a really horrible way. So he got hit by a truck. And then <clears throat> over quite a long period of time, he's um, he can still think, but he his body is, is, isn't awake. And because he's a doctor, he's been taken to this hospital where they don't know him. And he's telling the doctors out loud, like what, what they need to do sorry not out loud like in his mind we can hear his mind but obviously the doctors can't um and it's so frustrating because they keep messing up and they basically keep making it worse and they essentially kill him um and it's horrific and then his wife who's a doctor comes in and has to make the decision to turn off the life support machine and there's this amazing moment where she's incredibly angry at the doctors because she's like you you really fucked up here um mm -hmm. and it's so poignant it's a really really good death really good death so so i'm right so I've, I've never seen this so how no. does that work so what is it like a voiceover it's a voiceover so, so yeah it's a voiceover so he's unconscious right but you can hear his voiceover going no you need to give me this strip you need to give me this strip. no don't right. do that don't do that right. so it's really it's a really panicky feeling where you know that the doctors aren't doing the right things to him but right. because he's one of the world's best doctors he knows exactly what he needs and he needs a brain scan but they're not they are sort of forgetting to look at his brain they're like looking into his you know his immediate symptoms of him you know bleeding out and things so um it's a very clever um it's very cleverly scripted um but it's also i mean to be honest it actually made me stop watching watching it i didn't watch it after that i was so angry that she wrote derek out that i've never watched Grey's anatomy since and it's, oh, right. it's, it's still oh, wow. going it's been going for for well, years and years yeah, and years know, since yeah, yeah. but i haven't been watching it because it, i i didn't feel like it was ever going to be the same again and um again there is rumours that the reason that she wrote him out is because he fell out with her, the director. Oh, right. Shonda Rhimes, she's a bit of a, I think she's a force to be reckoned with. But wasn't, uh, he, so, the, wasn't he like the face, he was the face of the show, wasn't he? He was uh, the yeah, heartthrob of, of the show. He was, he was, 100% he was, and that's why it was so shocking. Uh, basically, if you ever work with Shonda Rhimes, do not cross her because she no. will kill you off. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were going to turn the life support off, did the voiceover go, no! And just to cut off, or... no they he kind of then just they make a mistake and then he goes quiet because oh, right. we can tell at that point that they've killed him he just and goes then, ah yeah. fucking hell <laughs> no. <laughs> he just... <laughs> no he just he just kind of then just go like he drifts off into oh, right. yeah like he's he's gone he's brain dead at that point so um, it's an interesting he... stylistic choice though to have a narration like that 
It is interesting. And Grey's Anatomy do do that from time to time. They have a really weird episode where they have the whole thing done as a musical, for example. Uh, so that she isn't shy of trying things out, good old Shonda Rhimes, the director. She, uh, she's very creative. So yeah. it it was a bit weird. I agree with you. I didn't love it as an episode. I mean, I hated it anyway because they killed off Derek. But yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting creative choice to to kill him off in that way. Definitely. Mm. Okay, right then. Uh, my number two is a, a classic British sitcom, and I'm I'm trying to think of any other British sitcom that has got more death in it than Blackadder. Oh yeah, from all of the different series, but the one I've chosen is the final scene of Blackadder goes forth. So set in World War One, when they go over the top, and again, it's it's for me. I think it's the funniest Blackadder series. That and series two, and then series two finishes with some gruesome deaths. All the characters are lying there dead. When the the show finishes, all of a sudden there's like a bell tolling in the background, and Blackadder and Baldrick and Queenie and uh, uh, Melchit—they're all led on the floor with blood all over them. They've been killed by the person that was dressed up as the Queen. So that's like that's just like you think, my God, that was like really sort of. I remember watching that on a Thursday night at whatever age it was, fifteen, sixteen, and seeing that as a final scene to a comedy show. I thought that's mad. But it's th- this scene is absolutely beautiful. It's it's you have half an hour of um, Rowan Atkinson trying to find any way of getting over, so he doesn't have to go over the top with his with his troops, sticking two pencils up his nose and putting underpants on his head, and saying "wibble" to say that he's mad, so he gets sent away, but doesn't work. Then the realization that they have to go over the top and face the German guns, sort of facing certain death. Mm. And then it then it cuts to to hearing the sound of the whistle, and then they go over, and it's all in slow motion, and you see the four characters that you've you you know just in slow motion, and there's things blowing up around them, and then it just dissolves, and then it just dissolves up to a poppy field in black and white, and then in color, and then that's how it finishes, and it is so poignant, and it's beautiful, it's absolutely. And I can remember as a kid wondering what that meant. I'd had no idea what that meant. In those days, kids, there wasn't a thing like Google. So you had to get like an encyclopedia out at school and find out what that meant. With like a, why, why a poppy field? That didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You remembered poppies from Remembrance Day and things like that. But um, it is. It's, it's such a sombre and leaves a spine tingling feeling that you've been laughing for half an hour and then the end of the season is flat and it's that image of the poppy field and and that's it. That's how the show ends. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, oh, made my spine tingle again. Oh, okay. Uh, before we reveal our number ones, uh, Lucy, do you want to give us a countdown from 10 to 2 and then Loz and I will do the same? All right, so... Try and do this slowly. <laughs> so... <laughs> My number 10 was Red Light, Green Light in Squid Game. My number nine was Barb in Stranger Things. My number eight was Maud Flanders in The Simpsons. My number seven was Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. My number six was Kenny from South Park. Number five, Bleeding Gums Murphy from The Simpsons. Uh, Number four was Buffy's mum in Buffy. Three was Hank from Breaking Bad. And two was Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Wonderful. Uh, Lost? 
number 10, Wilson the dog dying on Friday night dinner. Number nine, George's death in Grey's Anatomy. Number eight, Letitia in Vicar of Dibley. Number seven, Doris dying in Gavin and Stacey. Number six, Nana died in the royal family. Number five, Cassandra loses her baby in Only Fools and Horses. Number four, Richie's death in It's a Sin. Number three, Big died in The Six and the City reboot, just like that. Number two, Derek died in Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. And mine is number 10 was Mr. Renham in the IT crowd. Nine, Little Sebastian, Parks and Rec. Eight, Walter White, Breaking Bad. Seven, Bobby Ewing in Dallas. Six was Nana, the Royal Family. Five, Ramsay Bolton from Game of Thrones. Four, Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Three, Grandad from Only Fools and Horses. And number two, Blackadder goes fourth. So, Lucy, what is your number one TV death? I'm really hoping you've seen this. And if you haven't, I'm going to have to give you some context. <laughs> so mine is a series called Bojack Horseman. Um, it's Sarah Lynn. Yeah. So, oh God, right. This is awful because obviously Bojack Horseman centers around, you know, the f- fictional cartoon horse who was a washed up TV actor. And he had a co-star named Sarah Lynn, who obviously was a child actor when they first worked together. Um, Sarah Lynn's death is she's basically grown up and obviously like many people in Hollywood was completely uh, went off on off the rails did did drugs went on benders um but she did get clean but she does meet up with Bojack and kind of have a reconciliation and then Bojack takes her on a bender and she dies after ODing on a joke on a drug called Bojack and it just it's horrible because it says a lot about Hollywood culture child stars you know toxic kind of environment that kind of stuff and her death again is quiet she dies they're in like a they're in a planetarium or something they're like sat on a sort of cinema sort of aisle and he's talking and he's just rabbiting on and you know he's obviously high whatever um and then he says Sarah Lynn then she doesn't reply and then it's just him going Sarah Lynn Sarah Lynn and then there's just no response and the episode just ends and I I get really emotional thinking about it because it's just she was so failed by everyone around her and she deserved better, but I think she had to die because that kind of was a big wake-up call for Bojack, I think. Um, and yeah, like for a, a series that is essentially about, you know, Hollywood satire and a, and a fictional horse that drinks and does stupid stuff, it's got some really horrible moments. And yeah, it's it, it just it just hurts, that one. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. a unique show, Bojack Horseman. Really hard to explain to people, actually. Really like, hard to what explain. What you on about? But, like, yeah. obviously when you watch it, like, it's so good. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a weird show, but it's it's got some fantastic yeah. moments in it. Have you ever seen it, Loz? No, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good. I mean, it's it's because it's really hard to articulate, and I probably haven't done it justice. But I think in, in the context of the show, it's really upsetting. And I think it just mm. says a lot about, like I say... Hollywood culture, child actors, addiction, all sorts of stuff, really. So I just think it's it's a masterpiece of a show, really. And I mm. think her death was the one that really got me. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll put that scene, I'll put that in the, the, the video playlist for our Patreon surpri- uh, subscribers. Yeah. Go on then, Loz, you're number one. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a show called Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a fantastic um drama uh i would say it's kind of black humor and it's um held in a female prison and it this scene is um where they riot the the women in the prison are rioting 
And throughout all of the series, there's this a lovely character called Kosei Washington. And she is the brightness in all of the dark. She is positive. She's got a really tiny petite frame. Uh, she uh, is very, very funny. She's always got this big grin on her face. She's just the light of the show. And in this um, scene where they all riot, she, um, she isn't actually doing anything wrong but um, she's trying to get the attention of one of the guards. And in all of the chaos, the guard basically puts his knee on her back to try and to, to say shush, shush, shush. And there's all sorts of things flying at him. And he's a very new guard. He's only worked there for a little for a few days. And basically, he ends up suffocating her. And throughout the episode, it keeps going back to her face and she keeps going, I can't breathe, man. I can't breathe. Get off me. Get off me. And he goes, shut up, shut up, shut up. And he's not a nasty character. He's actually one of the nicer officers, but he's just panicked. He's panicked and he kills her. Yeah. And it's just so sad because she's such a lovely character and she never does anything wrong. And she's an innocent bystander. And I think this was actually written before George Floyd I'm not sure um, but again talk about it sort of reflecting um, true life there it's a very very powerful um, program actually Orange is the New Black wonderfully written I loved it um, explores all sorts of different topics race uh, gender uh, female empowerment you name it it, it covers a lot of them um, but it is terrific and that was one of the most saddest deaths I've ever watched yeah it's it's heartbreaking like oh I knew who you were going to say as soon as you said Orange is the New Black I was like oh no yeah yeah <laughs> it's such a sad okay. yeah. yeah such a sad scene but like you say it says a lot about sort of you know criticisms around the prison system and whatever you know I think it's a yes. very it's yeah. a very heavy show and there's a lot of you know sort of debate around it and I think it, it, it's brilliant yeah yeah mm. yeah I've never watched it I don't know whether Again, it, I think I think you'd like it, even though it is female orientated. I think you'd like it, Pat. I like ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this is ladies Just like you've that, never seen them before. I mean, look, I like ladies. I, I've seen enough videos of ladies in prisons. I'm sure it's not going to be any different to the ones I normally uh, <laughs> watch. Surely. It's, well, it's le- it's it's got some some of that sort of stuff in it. Definitely. Okay, right. I'm um, in. Oh, yeah. it does actually. It's quite. It's quite. Yeah, yeah it's quite a lot really? of that going on. Yeah, it's quite a lot of that going on. But there's also a lot of. Right, let's wrap hard. this episode yeah. up then. So let's, uh, I'll go and do <laughs> some <laughs> research. <laughs> it's a great series. <laughs> okay. Um, right, my number one. Um, it's it is the scene, it, the whole scene. Um, and it's the scene that was for me the, the the tipping point of the Walking Dead, because after it it was never as good. And that's the Negan scene in the Walking Dead. So this is when Glenn gets killed. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's not many scenes where I can feel myself being transported into that scene and wondering what I would have felt like lined up as possibly one of these people that is going to get my head stoved in by a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. And the fact that I hadn't read the comic book at this point, it wasn't until after this, after watching this, that, that we got the comic book, like the compendium. And I, and I saw the scenes drawn out in the comic book and how close it was. It's, it's, 
unsettling isn't the word. It is vicious. It is cruel. It is heartbreaking. It is disgusting. It is vile. Um, and at that point, I thought, my God, this Negan character is going to be one of the greatest villains ever in TV, in 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 movies ever. Um, and then they basically shit the bed with him because they made him such a one note character. He was the same in everything, and that made. And then I stopped after. I think after that series, I stopped watching. Um, it became just an, another show that was on, and I just completely lost. I don't even know what's going on in. Uh, the walking dead now oh it was religious watching it and wondering what was going to happen and speculating on who was going to die but that one scene for me i i've not been able to watch it again since then because it is just too hard to watch it is just how how they put it on tv i do not know because Mm. it would be an 18 certificate in in a cinema do you know what I mean? It would be it would be the fact then we get desensitized by that kind of violence. And I think Walking Dead is is the worst for it. People are having their heads sliced off halfway and stuff. And and people just go, oh, well, then there's not enough zombies in this in this TV show. That's all people complain about. They're not complaining about somebody where you can see their brain being sliced into and stuff like that. That's just what gets me. Now it's it's never shocking anymore. But that scene was shocking and and it had to be like not just in my top 10 it was it, that was the my number one all the way through this um i don't know loz did you say you were a walking dead fan i've never seen it you've never seen it the, yeah the first few seasons were like it was it was appointment tv and 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 genuine like shocks when certain things happen. Genuine, I can remember me and my missus watching it and like holding each other's hand when something happened. <gasps> oh my god! And then you talk about it for hours and hours, and then the following day you go to bed and then you wake up next day and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." You know, Lucy, you a Walking Dead fan? A bit like you, I fell off the wagon after a while, so I was really into it for a bit. And obviously, yeah. I have yeah. seen this scene because it's, it's. I mean, it's even if, if you haven't seen the series, I think as an isolated YouTube clip, it's become oh. like so iconic now. I mean, everyone knows about it. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I totally agree with some shit in the bed with Negan. I don't know what the hell happened there, to be honest. I just <laughs> so I, I fell off. I haven't watched it in years, to be honest. Um, mm. in, in its prime, though, it was brilliant. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, for The Walking Dead, it's going to be replaced by The Last of Us. Which looks brilliant. <laughs> I mean that that was the thing as I've, oh, wait, I've, I haven't I've seen it yet. I need to watch it. Yeah. Have you not seen it yet? Not yet. No, me, uh, me and my boyfriend are gonna like actually have a, a, a event, we're gonna watch it, we're gonna watch it together. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's I mean I've never played the game. Um, Same. He has but, though. But it is I can see it is I mean Pedro Pascal, I mean, I don't know what he stepped in, but he needs to buy a lottery ticket. I mean, the amount of great he's work incredible. that he's doing at the moment, whether it's Mandalorian or... Yeah, Mandalorian's um, in March as well. We're getting so spoiled. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> incredible. Um, but yeah, I think it is going to take over as the show to watch, without a mm-hmm. doubt, uh, if the first episode's anything to go by. Oh, I've heard, I've heard really good things. I can't wait. 
yeah, to watch yeah. it. I, I feel a little bit envious that you've not seen it yet. That's the thing because I've seen it and I, yeah. you know, so yeah. I need to give it my full attention. So I was like, I can't watch this in the background. I need this no. is an, an event. I need to sit down and watch it. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, let's go through some of the honourable mentions we've got. Uh, at nowhere, Andy said, even though I read the book, the death of Robin Cat Stark still had me mm. shouting at the telly. Uh, also mentions for Charlie and Lost. Uh, ben, oh, where Loz has gone. Are you still there, Loz? <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, uh, Ben, uh, Brendan Fraser in Scrubs uh, and Seymour the dog in Futurama. Uh, at this one, Samantha said, uh, Bioka in The Last Kingdom and Charlie in Lost. Uh, and, uh, sorry, at And Why Not Pod, uh, Lucy Knight, ER is the biggie. That was brutal. Also, Joyce Summer in Buffy. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Landig- Landigum, uh, the West Wing, uh, Warwick in CSI, Ben in Scrubs, Mason Drake, Lois and Clark, uh, Will Gardner, the Good Wife, Henry Blake in Mash, Riggs, Lethal Weapon, uh, and Joss Carter, Person of Interest. Uh, honorable mention to the policeman who got covered in acid after the car crash in that series four episode of Casualty that traumatized a generation of children in the 80s. I can't remember that one. Um, although although if that's on youtube i will put that on the uh on the video playlist i love how niche that is as well like it's such a strange like but he must have been one of those children of the 80s that it affected if he's remembered him that well Uh, at modern escapism said robin caitlin uh stark in game of thrones was so shocking i was left repeating what the fuck at the tv through the closing credits uh, Omar in the Wire was also well done. Warrior of the Streets taken out by a twelve-year-old out of nowhere, uh, and I'll never get over Opie's death in Son of Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and finally, at it's Jen Berg said I'm still upset with J.J. Abrams for killing Jack Bristow, but the death of Mr. Landing, uh, Mrs. Langdingham was truly brutal and gut wrenching. So Ooh. there you go. Um, I just had a message. Maybe Loz has just sent me a message. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Loz. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Unless she's oh she's trying to come back in again. Let me just. Uh, That's alright. Here we go. Right, I don't know what's happened to that one, but she's back again. Maybe there she is. <laughs> Hello. Something <laughs> happened there. What happened, Loz? Oh, can I? At least it's happened at the end. Hello. Hello. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what did you do? You didn't have it on charge, did you? No. Oh, Loz. You're a broadcasting professional. I always have mine on charge. It's never off charge. <laughs> I can't believe it. Broadcasting Has that profession. messed up the whole thing? I mean, oh, yeah, we've, no. got to start, we've got to start all over no. again now. Do we? No, we haven't, no. <laughs> Thank it, God for that. <laughs> although, to be fair, I've now got what I'm going to use for the trailer for the episode. So we're going to, see, we're going to use this. Is that okay? Well, that's quite fitting, isn't it? That it's a thing about death and my laptop died. There you go. Well, exactly, there you go. There you go. <laughs> And you've you've come back just at the right time because uh, before we say our goodbyes and everything, Loz, if you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and stuff. Yes, of course, because I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can find us on all of the social media channels at Top 10 Pods, spell the word 10, not the new number. If you want to get in touch or send suggestions for episodes, you can email top10pods at hotmail.com. Our Patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. There you'll find great rewards like bonus episodes, video playlists and limited edition merch. You can even be a guest on your very own episode. Lastly, you can subscribe to us on youtube tiktok and all podcast providers that's wonderful uh lucy 
Thank you so much for joining us once again. As soon as we can find something that's morbid again, please come back and see us. I would love to. I'm trying to think of another morbid topic. I'll get back to you. Or maybe we'll find something happy next time. You know, you know I don't know. We'll find something. We'll find something and we'll have you back again. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Loz, thank you for joining me for the last few weeks. Um, oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. I hope Neil gets better soon. Bless him. Oh, so do yeah. I. I. He just get doesn't well need soon, to wash. Neil. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't wash anymore. That's when it. No more washing, Neil. No yeah, more. Washing. No more washing. Um, that's it. We've done it. We've done our top ten TV deaths. Um, so now I've got to go and put the uh, playlist together. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is. <laughs> It's going to be a real mixed bag. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to... So much going on. Oh, my God, so much going on. Uh, Lucy, thank you ever so much for joining us. Thank you, it was a pleasure. thank you very much. You're very welcome. It was lovely to meet you, Lucy. Yeah, you too. It's been great fun. Excellent. Thank you very much. I'm off to go and watch Orange is a New Black. That's what I'm going to go and do. Hell Um, yeah. (laughs) Thanks very much for watching and listening, and let's go start the countdown. Ten. Nine. 